What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome back to another episode of GoGTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. I'm your host, Rob Tran. Joining me, as always, Chris Stuber. But before we get anywhere, I want to say happy 300th episode to us. So thank you for joining us, and thank you for watching us every Thursday night. We couldn't have come this far without you guys. Chris, James, how are you guys? Doing well, Rob. Congratulations uh, on your accomplishment. You've been a part of the show for a long time. And James, I know you have been a big part of the show for a long time as well. I'm a newbie to the show. I've only been <laughs> I've only been for maybe, I don't know, maybe 40 episodes possibly. But the uh, dedication of you guys and um, everything that you put out there every Thursday is fantastic. And congratulations, guys. It's uh, well-earned and well-deserved. Thank you. Yeah, it's quite, you know, it's a nice round number, if not anything, but it's a little bit of a milestone, you know, nice yeah. round 300. Yeah. So uh, pretty cool. And so with that said, and yeah, definitely, I mean, James, you've been with me for, I, I say at least 225 of those episodes. So thank you to you. Um, and for all you do behind the scenes and happy to have you on board as may my host, Chris. May I yeah. ask a question? So sure. it's 300 episodes. Mm -hmm. You guys have been a part of many together. Mm -hmm. Is there one memorable moment that sticks out in your mind Ooh. throughout the years? Um, the first year we did the advent calendar for the Christmas Spectacular the prizes were unbelievable and it couldn't it couldn't have been scripted any better for the simple reason being that they all got revealed in the order in which they should have including the big mega grand prize which was <laughs> unbelievable sure. and i don't i don't think we could ever catch lightning like that twice in a bottle uh so that was pretty memorable to me um some of the interviews we've had with people are, are memorable, but what about you, James? Anything stick out for you? The Christmas shows are always fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, we've done the Christmas shows from many locations. I, I've run the Christmas show from many locations, I should say. <laughs> and it's always been, it's always been a fun one. Um, yeah. The guests, Chris Carlin, when he was at Upper Deck, he did. It. He was at like the bar with his wife, and they were opening cards that with people classic. at the bar. That yes. was a really good one. Um, I, I I like all the live stuff too. So national, yep. and that's still that's an extension of Go GTS Live. So that's fun. It really yeah. it really is. I mean, it, yeah. and if you if you look at all of that content, I mean, that doesn't even work into the three hundred episodes. So. Pretty crazy. D Pretty Springfield crazy. in chat. He's asking, are we getting highlights tonight? I did put a little something together, but and you'll see it <laughs> later in the show. Cool. It's really just from the past year, but it's a, it's a fun little oh, clip cool. show of the past year. Nice. Cool. Um, so with, you know, you know how we do things here. So of course, um, 300th episode that, that certainly warrants some uh extra prizing tonight so um people like that got? rob the magic closet is working overtime <laughs> it is all right yeah. so we've got uh 2023 select ufc hobby hybrid box uh one winner will get that one winner is going to get a box of 21-22 opg platinum and a 22-23 opg regular Cool. Um, another winner will get a Ooh. Team Canada Juniors box. Nice. And another winner will get a box of Shang-Chi and Eternals from Marvel Studios. Thanks, Tougher Deck. Two for one. I like it. That's nice. nice. Yeah. Solid boxes. Yeah. So, and then um, we have our our prizes from our box break segment, uh, including a box we're all looking forward to with Marvel masterpieces. Oh yeah. And a whole lot more. But, uh, so Chris, I know you're going to get a tweet out for the 300 episode bonus giveaways, right? 
just sent out right now, guys. So if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter because it's on the GoGTS Live Twitter account right now, the top of the page. Go ahead and retweet that. Also, make sure you're following us and watch until the end of the show so you have a chance to win those prizes, which are fantastic. Yeah, if you're not following when we do the drawing, the program just kicks those people yeah. out. So just get out um, the party, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Got better things to do. Move on. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So since that's out there, let's dive into the Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll question. I had um, a lot going on. My brain was everywhere today, and Chris kind of helped me get to it. He he threw up an idea, and I kind of tweaked it, and I think we came up with something pretty fun. Rob said, "Not good enough. I'm going to tweak it a little bit better, <laughs> and then, you know, we're going to work that way." So, Chris, why don't you cue that up? <laughs> uh, with the NFL preseason in full swing starting tonight, which of these rookie quarterbacks do you think will be a starter when the regular season begins? Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or, of course, other? So, Rob, currently the poll results are 41.1%. Bryce Young leading the way with... 28.6% C.J. Stroud, while 26.8% believe Anthony Richardson, and 3.6% are on the other's side. I probably should have added the language to this that said, most likely to start. Yes, I thought most that too. I wasn't going to say to nothing. You said well, no to my you, thing, so I was You should probably should have, because I just wasn't thinking. Um <laughs> I'm not afraid to be checked. No, um, that's cool. It was already out there when I saw but it. But I think a lot of people probably got the spirit of that. And yeah. with that in mind, um, I'm back in. I, I, you're high on Anthony Richardson. I and love him. That's that's yeah. where that's where where I voted. Yeah, I love him. I, you know, the question though was which of these rookie quarterbacks is most likely, or do you think will be the starter <laughs> at the regular season? So. Um, to me, it's Bryce Young. He's the guy who's going to be the starter at the beginning of the season. C.J. Stroud, for me, would be the second one with Anthony Richardson being third. But I think the best future is Anthony Richardson. But I think Bryce Young is a no-doubter starter day one, no question about it. That's just my opinion on it. Okay. And we had some answers, and I figured we'd, we'd get a mix of these. Uh, Chris Reiner said all of them, as well as yeah. rest in peace, JB number 32 said the same thing. Yeah. But Terry Deck is saying, which is squiggled uh, D221s, said none of them to start the season. Ooh. I, so. I would be stunned if none of those guys are starters at the beginning of the season. And Bryce Young, he has to be a starter. I mean, he's been getting QB1 reps in practice. C.J. Stroud, likely starter. I just think the Colts, with Gardner Minshew being there and Shane Steichen being the head coach now, if he wants to go with a veteran for the first few games, give Anthony Richardson some sort of just view of the game from the sideline to start the season, that may be a way they go. But he could easily start game one as well. So I would be stunned, though, if none of those guys are starters. Now, James, I know you don't necessarily have a dog in this fight, but do you have an opinion? Who would be the most likely? Uh, you'd have to remind me. I know Anthony Richardson is Colts, Bryce Young, yep. CJ Stroud are Texans and Panthers, but I forget which one is for which team. Uh, so Young, yeah. So Young is with the Panthers, and Stroud is with the Texans. Okay. I mean, I'm going to defer to what you said, Chris. You said it, and you sounded smart. Uh, <laughs> I try. All I know is that, like, in like early, you know, um, I know Anthony Richardson is a little bit more of a project than the other two, but he might have the higher ceiling and more athleticism. But again, maybe news out of camp is that he looks great. He's the next Peyton Manning. He's going to play for the Colts for the next twelve years. I I don't know. That's what they say about every rookie. Right? So you never yeah. know during training camp. Yep. Does yeah, he look I, good I'm, in camp? Is that what they're yeah, saying? He does. Okay. Yeah, he great. does. Yep. Yep. Okay, Good. very cool. So if you haven't weighed in with your opinion, and if this is the first time you're hearing it, vote with who you think is most likely or use that other, and we will update the poll question later in the show. Yeah. All right. But for now, 
we're gonna uh well you guys know what's next usually and we're not going to keep you waiting um because there's plenty to talk about as usual in this hobby and so here's a look at this week's hobby happenings all right so well, we told you it was going to be a long, ugly fight, and we have more from Fox Business, which reported that on Monday, Fanatics filed a countersuit in a legal retaliation for the antitrust lawsuit brought against the company by Panini America last week. Fanatics alleges that Panini's owners, quote, embarked on a protracted, unlawful, and deceitful campaign of unfair trade practices, strong-arm tactics, and tortious misconduct to hamper Fanatics Collectibles' nascent business in the hopes that it could force Fanatics Collectibles to pay an extortionate amount for Panini to terminate its licenses early, even though early termination would ensure to the benefit of collectors and licensing partners and Panini alike, closed quote. Article on Fox Business went on to say that Fanatics accused Panini of trying to falsify earnings projections, hoping to bait the company into continuing sham talks of terminating Panini's licenses, impeding Fanatics Collectibles business plans to work with players associations and individual athletes to grow the sports and entertainment collectibles category. The lawsuit mentioned a 2022 negotiating period when Fanatics and Panini agreed in principle to terminate some of Panini's licenses early. Fanatics agreed to pay the early termination fee based on Panini's revenue projections. Over the course of the next year, however, Panini dragged out the early termination negotiations in bad faith, according to Fanatics, by slow walking negotiations for several months and ultimately trying to pass off knowingly inflated earnings projections that translated to an unreasonably high early termination fee, the lawsuit said. Fanatics accused Panini of using oper uh, excuse me, of using unfair tactics which forced them to spend millions of dollars and lose out on several other opportunities. A source familiar with the matter, I hate that, told Fox Business that Panini threatened the company with the antitrust lawsuit for months in order to force them to make a bad deal. The source said the lawsuit came after Fanatics would not do the deal. Quote, Panini's strategy is an admission of its ineptitude. Rather than elevating the collector experience, granting licensors access to downstream opportunities or improving the broader industry, Panini is trying to undermine its competitor through unfair tactics so that it may continue to treat its American subsidiary as an ATM serving its private owners in Italy. But Fanatics Collectibles will not be bullied, the lawsuit said. Went on, Fanatics Collectibles has nothing to fear from the baseless litigation that Panini has brought as Fanatics Collectibles has done nothing other than outcompete Panini by convincing athletes, player associations, and leagues that Fanatics Collectibles will maximize the value of their intellectual property in the future. That is called competition, and it is what the antitrust laws promote. Panini America did not immediately respond to Fox Business's request for comment. However, their lawyers released a statement to the Action Network saying, quote, Fanatic's 101-page press release masquerading as a lawsuit and a disparate, or excuse me, a desperate attempt to avoid dealing with its serious antitrust liability as set out in litigation filed against it last week, close quote. Panini America said through its lawyers to Action Network. 
went on. Fanatics attempts to somehow portray it as a victim as absurd on the facts and irrelevant as a matter of law. Fanatics attacks on Panini are flatly inconsistent with undisputed facts, including Panini's undisputed record of innovation, customer service, and financial success. If Panini had been as unsuccessful as Fanatics pretends, Fanatics would not have had to use decades-long exclusive dealing arrangements to lock it out of the market or improperly cut off Panini's supply or interfere with Panini's production facilities and raid its employees. Sportcards.com, the creator of Jersey Fusion, announced that the one-of-one Mickey Mantle card has been found by longtime collector Jack Darby. Purchased on on the show floor from Bel Air Sports Cards, Jack brought his unopened boxes to the Jersey Fusion booth to participate in the company's national promotion. His unique mantle Jersey Fusion has the rare combination of a vintage 1960 Topps Mickey Mantle card and a resolution photo-matched authentic laundry tag with mantle written so that his 1961 World Series pants could be returned to his locker after the game. With Jack didn't know, what Jack didn't know uh, when he opened it, it was the longtime industry-leading retailer, David Adams, offered a bounty of $20,000 for this one-of-one <laughs> card. After a couple of days' deliberation, as this is truly a special hit, Jack made a decision to take the bounty. This card is destined to be on display at David Adams for others to see and enjoy. It was great to see someone with Jack's passion get this great hit. Notes Daryl McKay, business development director for sportscards.com. Jack himself was stunned. I couldn't believe what I hit. At first, I saw the card backwards and thought that this was odd since I've never seen one place backwards before. But then when I saw it, I couldn't really believe what I hit. I knew what the patch was from because I saw it in the advertisements, but I never imagined (laughs) actually hitting it. I thought it would have been an amazing... I thought it would have been pulled by then. I just I just thought it was an amazing piece of history. Very cool. It is very cool. Congratulations, Jack Darby. I'm going to blame my mouse once again. I apologize, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you might remember we reported on the scams of my black sheep cousin, Kyle Bertrand, who advertised collectible sports cards between October 2021 and February 2022 that were highly valued. But after negotiating a price with a buyer and then receiving payment, he would send empty boxes or cards of negligible value. In some cases, according to prosecutors, Cousin Kyle stole cards by purchasing them from sellers and later disputed the charges through his credit card company revoking the payment. Well, it was judgment day for good old Kyle this week, Mm. who was sentenced to 27 months in prison and forced to pay restitution of the $33,360 he bilked out of unsuspecting people. Also, just so we're clear, I have no relation to Kyle. Rob, I was going to say you have to sit down with Kyle and educate him a little bit about the rights and wrongs of America. That would be good. That incredible 1958 Mickey Mantle game-used jersey being offered by Heritage Auctions that was on display at the National has already set a record for the highest-priced Mantle jersey ever sold. The jersey is currently at $3.9 million with one week to go. With a week to go, I can't wait to update that. Yeah. Well, it's a well-known reality of the hobby that Ken Griffey Jr. has one of the highest populations of cards in existence, literally. The supply and game wear memorabilia, however, is not so gluttonous. Mm. Last weekend at Leland's, this rookie jersey from the kids sold for $49,140. The jersey was not photo match, but features a perfect A10 grade from Mirrors and authentication from JSA on the autograph. 
Alton Insights points out that it seems to be the same or similar Griffey Gamer that was sold by Leland's back in 2007. If not, they're at least similar enough to draw a comparison. So in 2007, the jersey featured neither of these elements of authentication, as mentioned above, and garnered a final sale price of $8,039. So extrapolating that over 16 years, that's a 511% total appreciation or more than a respectable 12% annually. So there is still a path to profits for collectors of one of the biggest cultural icons of the 1990s, just perhaps not via cardboard. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, anything Griffey is always a good thing uh, in, law, in, in due time. Eventually. Yes. If you are an Orioles fan in the market for game used and autographed memorabilia, be careful. Sports Car Collectors Daily reports that there's a scammer posing as a former member of the Baltimore Orioles selling game-used equipment and bats on social media. Using photos and convincing pitch, uh, the suspect has already taken money from some collectors. WMAR-TV in Baltimore has more. Everyone wants a piece of the O's right now, and some lucky collectors thought they were getting a steal directly from an Orioles champion. A father-son pastime collecting pieces from America's pastime. It's a way to connect with my son. You know, we, we like Baltimore sports, and it's fun to collect with him. And one day when I pass on, he, you know, he'll get it all. And Ricky Sagai and his son found a trophy, a game-used Cal Ripken bat being advertised online under the name of a former teammate and World Series champion Gary Renicky. He said, I, I don't deal with anybody who resells it. I don't want to see this stuff on eBay. So I was like, awesome, you know, that's that's not going to be me. Ricky sent him $500, then started having second thoughts. My friend is friends with people that actually know Gary, so they contacted him and he called me immediately and said, don't, 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 but it was too late. Bill Halig, a longtime collector, also connected with this account. So the Colts equipment manager actually retrofitted a face mask on his batting helmet that kind of looked really cool. And he was the only person in the major leagues using it at the time. I had asked him if uh, that was available and he said, of course it was. And we negotiated a price for that. And, but I did ask to see a picture of it because he had pictures of just about everything else but he couldn't generate a picture of this face mask. Both Ricky and Bill felt pressured to send the money quickly, but the accounts provided were under different names. Before Bill sent the money, he phoned a friend. The Oriole employee did get back to me and said, he spoke with Gary and said, no, that, that this guy is a fraud. And this has been going on for a while. Ricky stopped the transaction via PayPal, but other members in their collectors group weren't as lucky. He got one guy for 2,600, another guy for over 1,000. Um, everybody knows now. Um, like I said, we did contact the real Gary. He um, shut his Twitter down. The word is out, you know, don't deal with him. But as you know, scammers will try anything, I guess. These sports fans say this experience serves as a reminder. We subconsciously let our guard down because we so badly want it to be real that, you know, we're willing to do anything to get that, to get those items. And it's a lesson for Ricky's 13-year-old son. Watch for the curveballs and call the fouls. That's scummy. I mean, you know, work, go work hard for your money. Do it honestly. You know, you don't have to, uh, you know, I can't stand someone that steals from somebody, rips somebody off. And to do it in a former uh, World Series, one of our, you know, beloved hometown heroes, is even worse. There are ways to authenticate sports memorabilia. Review the certificate of authenticity. Make sure the details are correct. Check the refund policy. Ask an expert or check with a trusted dealer. And there are companies that can also authenticate sports memorabilia. And keep in mind, the first sign something may be a forgery is if the price is much lower than what it typically would be. I hope you enjoyed that Matter for Mallory. To watch more Matter for Mallory stories, click the box in the corner and be sure to tap that circle and subscribe to WMAR 2 News for quick access to great content posted every day. Saturday, August 26 is Parkside Collectibles Women's Soccer Day promotion. Any child under 18 visiting their participating LCS wearing a soccer jersey will receive a free hanger box pack of 2023 National Women's Soccer League cards. A store locator will be published on GoGTS.net and the Parkside Collectibles website before the event.
Before we sign off on this week's segment, a quick reminder of what the hobby is all about. Hey Ray, Bobby Wood Jr. here. I saw the video of you after the walk-off. Um, it was great to see, so special to see how much you support me and, and the Royals. And so for that, I know you're a card collector. want to send you some cards autographed by me. And so I hope you have a great one and love the support. That's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> it's a look at this week's hobby happenings. Good stuff. Always good stuff. Sweet girl. And what a what a stand-up guy Bobby Wood Jr. is. Great, great player, too. Only going to get better. Amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. 60 Minutes this past week uh, published a story on how a family collectibles business became a worldwide phenomenon. Watch this. As paninis rolled off the press, 21 hours a day... 11 million packets a day, each containing five stickers. The headliners, Mbappe, Messi, Modric, and the coming stars. Players with four names, and there's Fred. The phenomenon started here, next to the cathedral, at a newspaper kiosk in the center of town. After World War II, Olga Panini, a widow, ran the newsstand with her four sons. Not unlike a soccer team, each had a special skill. The oldest son, Giuseppe, was the dreamer with the big plans. Salute. Salute. We met Giuseppe's son, Antonio, and Giuseppe's nieces, Laura and Lucia Panini, in Modena. He was uh, like a volcano. He had many, many ideas. A volcano? A volcano, yes. Giuseppe's initial idea was to sell cards depicting flowers. And was a disaster. But they realized that the formula was okay, not the subject. Short of Lira, Giuseppe had, as it were, one last shot on goal. It was 1961, and he turned to a new subject, Italian soccer. It was a hit, especially with the kids. Even if production was rudimentary. All the stickers were printed and then were cut, and they were mixing with a shovel at the beginning. To make sure there were no duplicates, yes. they, mix, they mixed with a yeah. shovel. They replaced the shovel with a churn, the one they use normally for making butter or The cheese. butter churn. Yes, yes, <laughs> and they had a handle, and they were moving this handle, and was working. Giuseppe's brother Umberto, the family engineer, invented machinery that mixed stickers to prevent dreaded duplicates in each pack. His contraptions were so successful, the designs are still in use today, 60 years later. The debut edition, Mexico 1970, is the holy grail of World Cup sticker albums. This guy has five of them, and he ain't selling. Oh my God, jeez. Floor to ceiling. He lives in what is less a home than a sticker repository. Even in your daughter's room. You might have baseball cards in your attic. He has half a million stickers spilling out of every drawer. Solo per pochi. Bellini even has whole sheets of them hidden under a tablecloth. No one is allowed to eat on the table because it's too sacred. It's very rare. These are all rare. Lucky for Johnny, his long-suffering wife, Giovanna, has a sense of humor. Heaven forbid there were a fire tonight. You had to go back into your house. What would you rescue first? Obviously, the stickers. If there's a fire, my wife would run away with her own legs. Your, your wife can fend for herself, so the stickers can't. Saturday nights are all right for sticking at the Bellini household. While Giovanna watches a movie, Johnny fills his album and never forgets a face. You remember 50 years later what the, what the last player was you needed to complete the album. I also remember the first sticker that I got in a pack, which was Sergio Carantini, a defender from Vicenza. It's like your first girlfriend. <laughs> Her, I don't remember. Wasn't that a great segment? I thought <laughs> just really well produced. Uh, it was fun. 
All right, let's update that poll question, shall we? And let's see, I'll hit a little refresh on here. And with 114 people weighing in, still about an hour left. Uh, Bryce Young still leading the way with 44.7. CJ Stroud in second place, 30.7. 21.9, Anthony Richardson. And uh, James Mast was another reply. Rick Mast fan 67 said, watch them all be jinxed because of this tweet and be out for the first six weeks. <laughs> I would not be surprised, but you never too, know. Touche, touche. The all Twitter right. gods, you know, that's never know. Too, that's too funny. Um, all right. So in addition to um, Upper Deck MVP and Marvel Masterpieces, which are both new releases this week, there are three other products releasing this week, but sometimes it's not about quantity as much as it is about quality, which this week's episode of Hot in the Shop dishes up in spades as we start with, holy cow, 2022 Panini National Treasures NFL football. Absolutely on fire this week. I've already seen some big polls being posted on social, but uh, you're getting six autograph or memorabilia cards plus a base or insert card and one parallel in every box. Obviously, this is fair enough to say the most anticipated release of the NFL calendar season for many fans and collectors alike. So look for on-card autographs and oversized RPA patches number to 99 midnight black rookie patch auto returns look for beautiful on-card signatures and jumbo prime memorabilia new this year virtuoso insert also new rookie treasured impressions and then the always popular colossal with those oversized jersey autos Rookie signature field pass, then chase the multi-signed treasure chest signature booklet cards numbered to 10 or less, which include 12 autographs. Yeah, absolute monster. New card sets include lasting legacies, treasure dual cuts, and modern masters. Checklist is up on GoGTS.net. We're going Leaf next, is that correct? Yes. Okay. 2023 Leaf Metal Pop Century Trading Cards delivers four premium hits, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, ticket relic cards, cut signature cards in every box. Once again, Pop Century features the widest selection of stars from pop culture, including many first-time Pop Century signers. This is easily the most amazing checklist of celebrity signers ever featured in a single product. Look for amazing cast of stars and brilliantly themed autograph insert sets, including Knockouts, Growing Up, Pro Set Yo, Raps. Did I say that right? Pro Set Yo, Raps. There yep. we go. Perfectly cast, stand-up signatures, and more. Look for all new backstage pass cards, real authentic backstage passes. That's really neat. That's really unique. Look for themed multi-signed cards. All memorabilia cards are jumbo swatches. Now, the checklist has many, many popular names, and I'm not going to name them all because Rob would really not be happy <laughs> with that. But look at some of the names. Chris Pratt, Josh Brolin, Andrew Garfield, Selma Hayek, Jessica Alba, Elizabeth Olsen, Samuel L. Jackson, Clint Eastwood, Joe Pesci, Macaulay Culkin. How about that? Sylvester Stallone, Chevy Chase, Chuck Norris, and the list goes on and on and on. Also, one really cool thing in this, the Breakfast Club reunion. Yes. Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, and Anthony Michael Hall. A five awesome. auto card, right? Fantastic. Unbelievable. I would love that card. I would love that card. The checklist is on GoGTS.net. Check it out. Really cool. Always a popular item. 2023 Leaf Metal Pop Century. Get it this week. And last but certainly not least, we have 2023 Super Glow Sports 7 Edition Sports Cards. One autograph card in every box loaded with new names and a stellar checklist. Again, I won't read them all. But uh, let's say Marvin Harrison Jr., Drake May. 
uh, Aliyah Boston, Angel Reese, Jamar Gibbs, Jordan Addison, Shaquille O'Neal, Ray Lewis, Hulk Hogan, Larry Bird, uh, Steph Curry, <laughs> Giannis, C.J. Stroud, awesome. Mac Jones, and more. Look for all-new dual and triple autographs. Chase the all-new first-ever cards for the next generation of athlete superstars. And also be on the lookout for hot cases featuring two mm-hmm. autographs in every box. That's going to do it for Hot in the Shop. Nice. Yeah. Not too bad. Oh, a lot of good stuff going Compared on. Compared to last week, last week was stacked with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's always good to let things breathe and then with po- a couple power hitters like, you know, Masterpieces and Pop Century and National sure. Treasures. So, all right. As promised, um, James took the time to put a little bit of a sizzle real recap and some of the booms over the last year or so. And uh, while he's doing our, while you're watching that, Chris is going to be pulling tonight's winners, including our 300 episode box winners. And uh, we'll be back and take care of all that, but enjoy this for now. And we're going to close it out. With an auto number to just 89 on a National Treasures for Newcastle United, Alan Shearer. Oh, we got two autos. Boba Fett. What a one. Oh, boom. Oh, wow. I missed that for a second. That's a super fracture of Boba Fett. Wow. Ooh. Solid auto. Yeah, on that's card. a beautiful Silver yeah. Prism Slick. rookie auto nice. of Jalen Waddle. Boom. I see a zebra back there. That was Premier. Ooh. Oh, that's a nice one, too. That's Khabib. Oh, Khabib. Zebra. Boom! Whoa! Ooh! Oh! Boom! Shakalaka! That's a nice one. Oh, there you go. Carl Malone, John Stockton, dual auto. Oh, that's definitely nice. Ah, that's cool. Another! Another! One of one? Yes! What? One of one? We got two one-on-ones in this box. Ooh, how about Mason McTavish? That's Black a Black diamond, diamond relic, rookies, triple diamond, numbered to 99. Wow. It's big. Is it really? It's big. Is, is this fire hands? Is this like... This is fire hands. This is boom, oh bang, boy. shake the... This is... Okay, you got to show it. Oh, wow. Wow. Scotty Barnes, gold, numbered 210. Boom, boom. That's it. (laughs) Wow. There it is right there. Oh, goodness. Stop teasing us, Rob. Rob. Trevor Lawrence. Are you kidding? Wow. Rob, that's a boom. That's a huge boom. That is a boom. That's a boom and a half. Look at that. Oh, we got a good one right there. Oh boy! Now even I know. No, I'm just kidding. I know that's Britt great. Baker. Yeah, that. that's awesome. That's a boom. That's a big boom right there. Out of what ten? Wow, that's a boom right there. Wow, that is a boom because I'm pretty sure I saw what it was numbered to before I flipped. Did you? Oh, really? Yeah, I got it too. It's a boom, boom, boom. Ooh, boom, boom to ten. Yeah. No, oh, jersey number. To oh 10. my! <laughs> yep. Even better, yeah. Our uh, auto of Raul Hamadets. Wow. That's a beaut. Nice signature yeah. on that one too. Boom! Yeah, wow. There's a thick guy. Hey! Wait! Ooh! Boom. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, 
kidding me? We're on fire tonight. <laughs> Real flashbacks of that. Ooh, did you just pull that? Oh, really? Come on. Oh, really? Did you just Come pull on. that? Come on. Whoa. Come on. Oh my gosh. There you <laughs> oh go. God. Yeah. That's Daldana. And that's a cubic. 49? 50. Oh, 50. It's a cubic. Wow. Wow. That's a boom. Boom, boom, shake the room. It is. That is really wow. a great card. Ooh, already right something. The back here. Yeah. Oh, oh bleed. Green great. auto number to 99. Wow. Boom. That yeah. is a boom. Wow. That's a boom, boom, shake the room. That's a good one. Oh, Ooh, we got an go. auto. Evan Peters. He's another major character in the show. So that is definitely a boom, boom. Okay. Oh, speaking of autos. Yeah. Spider Sigs. Ooh. Bell as the voice of Vanessa Fisk. Hey, there you nice. Go. Nice. She's great. Boom, boom. Shake the room. Number to 50. Larry Legend. Whoa, there you go. Nice. Oh, wow. On card sure. auto. Wow, that's a great 50. one. No, it's an insert. No, hey, oh my. Oh, that's a boom. Photogenic. Yeah. That's wow. what I'm holding up the sign for the NBA all time leader score, too. Wow, yeah. that he just did this year. Okay, so yeah, that, yeah that's pretty big. That's a <laughs> that's boom. A boom. Yeah. That is a boom. Oh, look at that. That's a Mankind good one. Mankind Auto numbered to Fun. just 35. Wow. wow. That's a boom, boom, shake the room of Mankind. How about a rookie gold numbered to 10 of Fabio Mariti? Gold, nice. Wow, that looks good. Yeah. How about Obsidian Volcanic? Wow. Thomas Hassler, numbered to 75. Nice. And then from Argentina, numbered to just 10, uh -huh. Pablo Amer. Nice. Oh. oh. Whoa. Wow, dang. We got a stained glass, uh, baby. It looks really good. Wow. Things boom. get better and better. That's a boom. Patrick Schick. Yeah. Case hit. Zebra. Oh. Zebra. Rookie zebra. Boom. Enzo Fernandez. There we go. There we go. Number we got a little zebra hunting. 20. Five. I numbered the zebra. That's nice. Ooh. Boom. Oh, nice. Is that She-Hulk? It sure is. It is a She-Hulk. First drafts sketch card. Wow. That's awesome. That's a boom, boom, boom. One of the one. Boom, boom. Shake the room. By Gordon Willis. Uh, a gold whoa. auto numbered to 10 of Shane Brady. Wow. Boom. Hot box, hot box, hot box. Wow. Uh, very cool. We've had some good luck on this show, haven't we? Yeah, I was saying to James off off air that since I've been on, I don't remember many like stinker shows in terms of like what we pulled <laughs> from boxes. I don't know if there's been like one show that stands out that we didn't really hit anything huge. Um, I think I mean, every box is different, but we've always, I think, pulled something really good in terms of two case you know. sets out of one box tonight. Right. I mean, I, I mean, Firehands does a great job every week, and I don't really remember something that people would just want to be happy with. I mean, I think everyone leaves the show happy with something. Yep. I hope so. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was thinking back on. 300 episodes and it's uh it, it's always a lot of work it's a lot of fun and we'll keep bringing you the content that you love the breaks 
that you love and everything else that we bring to you on the show. And we thank you all for watching. Um, I had the opportunity to, to decompress from the national um, and kind of really take stock of everything. And um, I haven't written something for gogts.net under my own name in quite some time, it seems. And uh, so I did write and posted an op-ed piece today. And, and if you missed that, I was hoping that before we announced tonight's winners, you guys would in, indulge me reading this. The title is The Hobby is Thriving and It Always Will Be. Finally, having had time to really decompress and catch up from the national, my overall takeaway from the show is that the hobby will always be here. Seemingly overnight, the National evolved into something much, much different from what it was even a few years ago, let alone dating back to the inaugural show in 1991. That's a great thing because it is proof that the hobby will always be here. I've had the blessing and privilege of being involved in the industry aspect of the hobby for over 20 years. My current role with GTS Distribution, whom I've been with since this month of 2013, has afforded me several wonderful opportunities that I am eternally grateful. I'm excited to be celebrating my 10 year anniversary and look forward to many more years with the company. So now with some history and context, believe me when I tell you that I've been to nationals that on early days in the week where you could roll a bowling ball down an aisle and not hit anyone, literally. Try that this year and you'd hurt a lot of people. And I mean a lot of people. It really was a tremendous thing to see and experience. John Brogy and Dan Burkus could have sat on their laurels and mailed this one in and nobody would have blamed them, but they're just not those type of people. Now, instead their swan song event was the largest in square footage and the attendance broke a 32 year record. Well done, gentlemen. The hobby will always be here. The industry side of the sports collectibles market has always gone through changes. In fact, we published an infographic on the subject. Just do a search for mergers and acquisitions. You'll find it. Attributed to the Greek philosopher Heraclitus, change is the only constant in life. And it's as true for life as it is for the state of the trading card industry. The industry will always change and the hobby will always be here. These two statements are categorically true. And at the end of the day, regardless of what there is to collect and trade, collectors who are the lifeblood of the industry will always be just that, collectors. The National served as an emphasis for all these observations. The audience demographic is skewing younger and more diverse, which are indic uh, indicators of a thriving and healthy collector market. With the industry itself going through its current changes, it's important to remember that the connection and the passion that collectors have for their favorite players and personalities isn't going to dissipate anytime soon. And while secondary market prices will always have cycles of rise and fall, it isn't the speculator, flipper, or influencer who will never leave the hobby. No, it's the collectors because collectors love the hobby. Don't get me wrong, all the above mentioned collecting segments have their place in the hobby slash industry as it exists today. Will it always be the case? Time will tell. The National continues to attract this type of hobbyist, many of which can expose this beloved hobby to even more people. At the end of the day, the hobby will always rise above the drama of the industry. Whatever changes inevitably occur, the hobby will always be here. Whatever, uh, excuse me, if the national's current growth cycle, which is obviously of vital importance to the industry, were to suddenly crash and returns to its roots as a massive card show and not the corporate event it's become, the hobby will always be here. Those of us in the industry should never take that fact for granted. Thanks, guys. Nicely. Uh, well, 
Nicely done as always. Thank you for everyone that tuned in to celebrate episode number 300 with us. But much like Dan and John from the National, we're not going to rest on our laurels either. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies web show. Thanks to James behind the scene, Chris Stuber, and for Upper Deck and Panini for providing extra boxes so we had plenty to give away and celebrate number 300 as well as eric hecker for his rack of the day that's going to do it for go gts live the hobbies web show we'll be back next week but in the meantime have a wonderful weekend and always be collecting good night everybody <laughs>